passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Think about everything in that ninth inning. Daniel Vogelback, down a run, ninth inning, rips one up the alley. Now, I don't know your view on this, Pete. I know you probably did a few hours of it on the air. But off the bat, how are you not on second base? That's my first reaction. So when Vogelback's rounding first, heading towards second, trucking his fat ass to second base, my thought is, well, you're damn right. You should be on second base. Yip went up the left center field alleyway. Then he gets thrown out by a mile and a half on a relay throw. I'm pissed off. I'm like, what is this fat ass doing? I see the replay. He was hustling. It's like me trying to run. You know what I mean? I thought of me when Daniel Vogelback was rounding the bases. I thought, boy, you know, if I came to the plate and smoked the ball to left center field, which I know sounds crazy, but let's say I did it. Let's say I smoked one to left center field. And I was hustling. I was trying my hardest. I would have ended up the same way. I would have been thrown out. J.P. Crawford would have been laughing at me. Like, look at this schmuck sliding into second base. So it was one of those rare times I'm watching a baseball play unfold. And I'm thinking to myself, that's me. The problem is I'm not in the major leagues. And I'm nowhere close to being in the major leagues. I don't even fantasize about being in the major leagues. For that to happen was so unmajor league-like. In every level. I'm not ripping, ripping his hustle, obviously. He was trying. But to hit a ball to left center field, run like you got a big load in your pants or something, and get thrown out by a mile and a half at second base, is just embarrassing. That's how I'd phrase it. Am I ripping him? I, I'm, I'm ripping his lack of athletic ability, I guess. But it was embarrassing. Well, And that was the whole game. That's kind of like the epitome. This game... Felt like the entire season. It was lack of starting pitching. The Mets actually fought back, which is not the, how they've been the whole season. But Adam Adovino, like you said, comes in, 
gives up the 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 game winning run right right away first first hitter in the ninth and it's like and then it ends with a sour note of we just why is this guy on the team like why is Daniel Vogel back here he can't the one thing he can't he can do is hit the ball but that's it he you just got and the whole thing is like you said you kind of uh, talked about it because Mauricio could have potentially been up to bat. He could have got in this game in the in the bottom of the ninth, but what it would have taken was Vogel back to stay at first, um, Stewart to get a base hit, get LaCastro uh, on base somewhere, and then give Mauricio an opportunity to yeah. get there. It's, instead, he, it, he, just, it just sucked the life out of the team. But here's what's funny. If he stops at first base, because Vogelback knows he has no athletic ability, like me, like I, I ripped that ball to left center field, and I know. I know I run like a spaz. Like, I'm not getting to second base. And I stop at first base. We'd all kill him saying, are you kidding me? You hit the ball up the alley in left center field. What are you doing stopping at first base? With that said, I, obviously, I would have preferred that because I don't know what DJ. There were 30,000 people. There were 30,000 people in that stadium screaming at him not to run to second base. Did you see that, by the way? Everyone yeah. Was <laughs> but, but the problem is, like, if I'm at that game, I'm just being fair about this. I'm following the baseball. So I see that ball go up to left center field alley. I would then move my head after, after I watched that ball played, and I would assume whoever hit that ball is ending up on second base. Whether it's Mo Vaughn, Bob Hamlin, you name the fat ass, that guy's on second base. With that said, it obviously was embarrassing. Like on, on many, many levels. The, the fact it was a relay throw, the fact that Crawford was laughing at him, and then the fact that DJ Stewart promptly singles up the middle almost made it worse. Now, you can't assume everything works out the same way if Vogelback's on first base, or really not Vogelback, but Tim LaCastro, like you said, because he ends up pinch running and maybe steals second base, to your point. But DJ Stewart following it up with a hit did make it frustrating. And then look, Brett Beatty comes up pinch hitting after Vientos left the game a few innings early, and Brett Beatty failed. Bottom line, Brett Beatty could have smoked one over the fence. We wouldn't have mentioned the Vogelback base running, or we would have laughed at it in a more comical way. Brett Beatty failed. Francisco Alvarez comes up as a pinch hitter. Francisco Alvarez fails. And, and like I said at the top of the pod, there isn't much that you can read in September, but I think for Beatty, it would just be nice for him to have a hot September, to at least finish this season on a strong note. Now, with that said, he can go have a hot September. I don't think any of us are going to feel comfortable that he should be handed the third base job next year. And I think that's what's going to be so weird, I guess would be the word I'd use to describe the expectations for next year. Obviously, we'll spend a lot of time on what they're going to do roster-wise, free agency, starting pitching and all that. But even on a position player standpoint, who's the third baseman for the Mets on opening day in 2024? Like, I ask that question right now. Like, what the hell's the answer? We can't say it's Brett Beatty. We want to say it's Ronnie Mauricio? We want to say he's got a chance to be the third baseman? Can we? Is it Mark Vientos who, it sucks Vientos got hurt on Saturday because Mark Vientos is smoking the ball all over the place. Like, Vientos over the last couple of days, prior to that odd leg injury or foot or whatever that injury is, he was starting to show you something, but he hasn't shown enough. Like, I think one of the debates we're all going to have, and it's part of why next year, no matter what they do in the offseason, 
is going to be very similar to some past years where there's going to be a lot of, if this happens, if that happens, if this happens. Well, those three guys, Beatty, Vientos, and Mauricio, they're ifs. Like, they're huge ifs. And I think coming into the year, the hope was by the end of the year, Brett Beatty's going to obviously be the third baseman. Or Mark Vientos is going to obviously be the DH against left-handed pitching. None of that has happened. So when they lose on Saturday night, keep, keep this in mind. We all kill Vogelback. That's fine. Brett Beatty popped up as the winning run at the plate. Francisco Alvarez, after a pretty good at-bat, tapped out back to the mound. And Alvarez, who is clearly the catcher, I'm very excited about his progress going into next season. He's done nothing for a month offensively. Now, I think Alvarez has done enough defensively and has shown you enough offensively where no matter what he does in the final month of the year, <laughs> we look at him as the catcher going into next year. Like, I don't think any of that changes necessarily. Should they have a good backup, an Omar Narvaez backup? Sure. You don't want Tomas Nito sitting behind him. But I think with Beatty and with Vientos, there's a lot to prove. Like, there's no way, Pete, you could look at either one of those guys and say, yeah, they're an everyday player in 2024. They got to freaking earn it. No, the only person I, I, I say that, like you said, Alvarez, <laughs> even with his struggles, even with everything in the past month, guys still put up the best offensive numbers of any catcher in the past, what, decade for the Mets? Let's be serious here. Um, and defensively, he's been fine. He's still in the game defensively, which is yes. part of that, part of something that we can't say about Vientos or Beatty. I mean, Vientos, yeah, he was hitting the ball hard the other day, but he is awful defensively. Yeah, he's. I don't think his future is going to be as an everyday position player. If he hits, he'll play, but I think it'll more likely be as a DH. Quickly on Sunday's game, McGill was okay, but again, didn't do anything to differentiate himself. And, and to his credit, like he was good against Texas, so I guess it's back-to-back quality starts, even though it's not technically a quality start. But he was all right pitching into the sixth inning. Uh, the bullpen did a great job. Brooks Raley bounced back nicely. Trevor Gotts had his moments. Adam Adovino had a bounce-back game. The story of Sunday's game was Pete. It was good to see Pete hit the two home runs. His numbers continued to be gaudy, 41 home runs, 100 RBIs. We also saw the Mets fight back. They fought back against Sal and everybody at our radio station who seems to think that they know Pete Alonzo in the Met locker room sucks. So it was good to see Buck and the Mets at least fight back about it. Uh, what does it mean? Look, the only thing that I try to take out of all this stuff is that, and I've, I've said this to you for a while, that my theory behind the Alonzo trade stuff has been, it's a contract standoff. That Pete wants this, the Mets want that. And as part of a standoff where they're not that close to a deal, you try to get movement. And by there being trade reports of Pete Alonzo and listening on trade offers, does that move Pete Alonzo's camp? Maybe it does. I mean, it's possible. I know, look, one thing is very, very obvious. You don't need to be a reporter to figure this one out, even though I've, I've heard this from Pete himself when we did the comedy event, unless he's lying to me. He wants to be here. Like, he clearly wants to be a Met. And it's not one of those, I want to be here and you use words. Like, it's obvious that Pete Alonzo wants to be a Met. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I remember a few months ago when Big Mac was on our show in the afternoons, Big Mac and I had this argument about, I said, Bryce Harper's a phony. He tries so hard to ingratiate himself in Philly. And Big Mac says, Pete does the same thing. And here's what's funny. Big Mac, in a weird way, was defending Pete Alonzo because maybe Pete does try really hard to want to be here because he wants to be here. Maybe he tries so hard to be loved by Met fans because he wants to be a Met for the rest of his career. So believe it or not, I took the last week and a half where Bach and DeChatozar and all this reporting in defense of Alonzo, I took it as a great sign. I took it as a, everybody loves Pete, and this is probably a game in a larger negotiation on a contract. Now, my opinion is clear. I'd love to re-sign him. And quite frankly, I don't care how much it costs because there's no salary cap in Major League Baseball other than, you know, the Steve Cohen threshold, which he's going to go over every single year anyway. And I've always been a believer that when you develop really good players, you should keep really good players. And I've always been consistent about it, even though. History has proven me wrong many times about this, and I'll always call myself out. Odell Beckham Jr., why would you trade him? You develop this elite-level wide receiver. The giant decision to trade him turned out to be good. Robinson Cano, if you're the Yankees, you got to move hell or high water to re-sign him. You develop this elite-level second baseman, why would you let anyone outbid him? Obviously, looking at history, maybe the Yankees made the right choice. But I always believe when you develop really good baseball players or really good football players or really good whatevers, you have to do what it takes to keep them. I wouldn't be in the business of developing guys to trade them away. Let the Tampa Bay Rays do that. So I've been consistent about wanting Pete back. I thought for anyone in my camp and Hoffman's camp that the last week was a very good sign. Because I think in a weird way, silence and letting it just be out there that there's Pete Alonzo trade rumors and there never being any kind of fight back to well, the locker room sucks, so maybe they should trade Pete, was always going to be a bad sign. So I think the fight back over the last week and a half is a good sign, and we're probably just involved in a contract standoff where Pete values him as this. I have my hand in one area, and the Mets value him over here. Well, here's the other thing, too, though. and It's multi-level, multi-layered facets over here with the whole uh, rumor central with trade Pete Alonzo. The Milwaukee Brewers wanted that stuff to get out because they want to make hell, the Mets' life a living hell, for getting David Stearns when that happens. Like, they don't want to just let David Stearns walk to them, walk to the Mets, 
make them a competitive team, and they want them. To, they want him. They want the Mets to have uh, failure. They don't want success. They don't like Steve Cohen. There's so many different reasons why they don't okay. want the Mets to be well. I I don't think you're necessarily wrong, and obviously the Mets made a lot of decisions over the last week in their front office that lead you to believe that that we what we've all believed for a while, which is David Stearns is going to take over soon. Sooner rather than later, he's going to come in, bring in his own guys and all that. I also think, though, there was a motivation for the Mets to have it out there. If you believe what I believe, which is this is an advanced negotiation, that this is where we're at, where the Mets, because now I feel good. There's something I, I wasn't confident about a few weeks ago that I have more confidence in now, which is they've talked about a contract. I wasn't sure if they ever did. I think they have talked about a contract. I don't think they're close. Now, that may sound like bad news. I don't think it's bad news. If you've talked about a contract, it means you want there to be a contract. If you're the Mets, you want there to be a contract. If you're Pete, you want there to be a contract. So I think any kind of discussion is a good thing. So ask yourself this. All right. Totally get why the Brewers would want it out there. Chaos, chaos, chaos. Fine. Why would the Mets want it out there? Well, the Mets would want it out there because they know what I know, which is what you know, which is what everyone knows. Pete Alonso wants to be a New York Met. He does. He wants to be a Met. If you have it out there, well, not close on a contract. Talk to Milwaukee. Talk to Chicago. May trade him during the offseason. Your hope is what? There's movement on a contract. There's movement of, wait a second. I don't want to go to Chicago. I don't want to go to Milwaukee. Now, I'm not saying any of this is going to work because Pete, at the end of the day, has to get his. Yeah, I support the player for getting as much as they can get. Now, sometimes you got to make a decision. Is it worth not being where you want to be? That's up to the individual. A-Rod made a choice, right? In 2001, he made a choice. He ended up where he really didn't want to be. Okay, got his money, great. And within two years, he was gone. So I do think there was a motivation for the Mets to put it out there to try to move these negotiations. Well, and it's funny when it comes down to Pete, like he always seems like when he won the home run derby the, the first time, or I think both times, I think he he donated the money right away. Like he seems to like, unless I get him wrong, he seems to not saying that money doesn't matter to him, but I think he's confident enough that he's going to get paid well eventually that he's really not worried about it, which is why. We talk about this contract. We talk about, you know, you say, like, you know, have they discussed it? I- I'm just assuming that he thinks it's going to be a big payday for him. Well, he's going to get paid. Question is, do you go to free agency? Is it from the Mets? Is it from somewhere else? We shall see. And we'll certainly have a lot of pods about that as time rolls on. One quick thing, as the Mets get set for this two-game series against Washington with Quintana on the mound in the opener. And he's been solid, too, by the way. Let's not forget him, but Kodai's been the ace. There is a game Wednesday night I want to call your attention to. The Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros are battling it out in the American League West. The pitching matchup for Wednesday is scheduled to be Max Scherzer against Justin Verlander. So how about that? So just saying, I noticed that today. I was on the MLB app and I'm like, this Houston Texas series is kind of fascinating, especially with the Astros winning the opener on Monday. So I check out Tuesday. Oh, okay. I check out Wednesday. I'm like, wait a second. Is this Verlander against Scherzer? So keep an eye on that. One other thing, Julio Urias arrested domestic violence. Second time he's been accused of that. Um, 
Yeah, the Mets are out. So let's get that out of the way. The Mets are out on Julio Urias. I know that's a name I've mentioned a lot as a pitcher that I would want, but certainly as a human, I think the Mets are going to stay away. Uh, we got through 43 minutes. How many, how many coughs did I make? Cough? Did I get the under or the you, over? You definitely got the under. It was close. I believe we were at like nine or 10. So you got the and, under. And in fairness, I hit a mute button many, many times. <laughs> so I yeah. probably hit the over. I cheated a little bit. Uh, we do appreciate you listening. We appreciate you bearing through the last couple of pods, certainly being a, a day late for the Seattle series. But Hopefully my voice will get stronger. We'll give you a couple of bonus pods as time rolls on. It's kind of a a short week this week because the Mets play only two games against Washington, take another off day. It's like the Mets are respecting the NFL. It's like the Mets are like, you know what? We'll give you a couple games. Then we want you to sit down and watch Chiefs Lions. (laughs) They're not going to respect us over the weekend, though, on Sunday afternoon when they're playing the, uh, where did they go this weekend? Oh, my God. I'm trying to remember. Oh, Minnesota. They go to Minnesota. Talk about a forgetful series on Sunday. All focused on football and the Mets are playing the freaking twins. But we appreciate you listening. You can email the pod to RicoB at gmail.com. Excuse me. That's a burp. That does not count as a uh, cough. I'll be back on the air as long as I can last with Tiki Barber coming up on Tuesday after Labor Day. We appreciate you listening to another edition of Rico Bruno. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.